What's up, coaches? Uh, playoff time around the country, uh, either this week, maybe last week, maybe next week for you guys. Uh, there'll also be some coaches uh, going home, maybe with some seasons that were still great for them, uh, but building seasons and then some uh, that didn't go as well as they wanted to due to injury or, or many different things. But uh, hopefully your guys' seasons is ending or is coming to an end the way you guys wanted it. Uh, if, if you need a little bit of extra football in your life, uh, either to prepare for the playoffs or going into next season already, uh, go check out our website, runthepower.com. We've got some really great stuff, uh, some free stuff. We've also got some premium videos for you guys as well, but but go check out our, our uh, free membership. It's awesome. We've got some really, really great stuff on there. Uh, again, just some football coaches that love talking ball. Uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. It's really cool. Uh, Team Builder set up a wonderful de- deal for our listeners only. Visit their website and start a 14-day free trial. Enter the promo code RTP, and they will load a 10-week football off-season tro- training program onto your trial account absolutely free. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletic programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your team's effort in the weight room. Go visit them at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. And on your free trial, uh, enter the RTP code. This episode is also brought to you by Guardian Caps. Both of our programs, uh, that being Broken Arrow and Ankeny High School, they both invest in Guardian Caps this year, uh, and, and we feel they're helping our guys. Broken Arrow, we're a, a, a tough smash mouth team, uh, and, and it's helped our guys out, and it's helped our helmets out. They're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice, used uh, by over 100 colleges and thousands of high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them. Uh, Go check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley thinks about them at OU and get some pricing. Uh, And the the coolest part, especially other than the safety of the the kids for coaches, is the the price. Uh, They're a lot more affordable uh, than you would think when it comes to helmets. Uh, and, and it's a helmet cover, but anything to do with helmets is normally very expensive. They're, they're very affordable. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. Uh, last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their program to the next level. With new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. From NFL-level coaching communications to cutting-edge video technology, Sideline Power encompasses a full array of products needed to unleash the full potential of any program. Throughout the expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communications at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com by email at info at sidelinepower.com or just give them a call at 800-496-4290. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Gunnar Boykin. Uh, Really excited about this. Uh, Coach Boykin is the offensive line coach and recruiting coordinator at the University of Central Arkansas in Conway, Arkansas. Truly a, an awesome dude, a great, great coach, a very humble guy, and someone that, that I talk to regularly. 
Uh, listen as we talk with Coach Boykin about his phenomenal story of perseverance and grit and playing the game of football and grinding his way up the coaching ranks, the recruiting process for offensive linemen, and more. You can follow Coach Boykin on Twitter at Coach G Boykin. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, I've probably got a little bit different uh, football experience than, than a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of other coaches that are they're that are coaching, um, you know, high school or even college football. But uh, you know, it's uh, I went to uh, I actually grew up in Yazoo City, Mississippi. Uh, I went to uh, Manchester Academy there uh, for most of my life. You know, played uh, played junior high football there through ninth grade, and then my family moved um, to Madison, Mississippi. Uh, which, you know, I went from a school that I'd grown up in my whole life that we were the biggest class that had ever been in the school, and we were 51, I think, was my class, uh, to Madison Central in, in Mississippi, where the I think my freshman class was like 9,300, uh, 930 or somewhere around in there. Uh, so that was a little bit of a culture shock for me. Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big change for me. So, uh, you know, actually I came in, and I came in that 10th grade year, um, like, you know, right the first day of school is when I actually, we got registered the day before and I came in, you know, uh, went to go meet the coaches and stuff and, and always wanted to play football, love football. Um, but they had just finished their, their, they had three days then they just finished three days and had a, you know, a week of, of practice before school. So, you know, uh, they, you know, I basically showed up, you know, tried to find the coach, um, found one of the assistants and he told me, you know, we've already had practice. I'll ask him, but we're probably not going to take you on. You know, we've got 140 people on the team already. Uh, so, you know, that, that basically they went and asked. I never saw the head coach. Uh, they came back and said, yeah, we're done taking, taking people on. So uh, I actually just went to the basketball gym, you know, uh, uh, found the coach there who had actually just taken the job there from, from Yazoo city, you know, where I was from uh, the high school there. Uh, and then just lucked out, and, and because I was from Yazoo City, he let me get on the basketball team, and and you know that was probably um, probably the best thing that ever happened for me, you know, because uh, you know I, I growing up and stuff, I was a you know fairly athletic kid, but needed to work on my footwork and stuff like that, and that basically gave me an entire year uh, to do nothing but that, you know, um, um, you know just. You know, it's a lot easier to pass protect and stuff when you've when you've played basketball and had to guard somebody man to man, and that's what the experience that I got there. Um, and then actually, you know, the year after that, I was able to get on the football team because a new high school split off of, of that Madison Central, uh, and it was the zone that I was in was that new high school. So I played in the first two years of Ridgeland High School in Mississippi, uh, which was a which was a you know great experience, a, a new program, kind of got to you know, set the tone there and, and, you know, create your own identity and stuff like that as a player, uh, weren't very successful, but, but, um, you know, but, but a great experience. Uh, and then from there, you know, wasn't recruited out of high school. Uh, uh, a lot of the moving around, not playing 10th grade and stuff probably didn't help me much. Uh, you know, as a junior, I started at, at, at guard at, at, uh, about six, three and two Oh seven, my first game. I can remember that. Jeez. And, uh, you know, so very undersized my junior year. Uh, didn't play basketball my junior year. Uh, just started eating, you know. Um, 
and was around 260 by my senior year. So, uh, you know, but still no interest. Uh, you know, Mississippi's got a great junior college system. So uh, I, I was lucky to have that there uh, to fall back on. So I, I did, you know, as, you know, right before signing day, basically picked up a lot of interest. It wasn't, the you know, the junior college system that it is now after, uh, you know, last chance you and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really, there's a lot more money in that deal than there used to be. Um, but, you know, uh, had a few offers there. Uh, uh, at that time in Mississippi, they actually protected certain players. And, and you know, everybody had a district in Mississippi, every junior college. Uh, I did not get protected. Uh, Holmes Community College was the one, you know, that I was in that zone. Uh, they didn't protect me, so uh, I had some offers there. Ended up um, – I'd grown up a Mississippi State fan, always wanted to play at Mississippi State. That was kind of my dream. I mean, from – you know, as, as far back as I could remember, I wanted to play football at Mississippi State. That was my goal. Um, uh, well, you know, Jackie Sherrill was the head coach there. Uh, they got fired after that season, uh, the fall of my senior year. Um, and the offensive line coach there uh, had been at Delta State University. Uh, he, he had won a national championship there, moved on to Middle Tennessee State as the uh, offensive coordinator was there for one year at Mr. State's offensive line coach and went to Gulf Coast. And, and uh, you know, I had just – I'd honestly sent my film down there uh, because I thought that it was on the beach. And, you know, I asked my offensive line coach in high school, I was like, hey, you know, uh, what's some good good junior colleges to send my film to? Because I don't, I don't know one from the other, you know. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, well, it'll wound us good, you know. Uh, Hines always has a good team. I was like, all right, we'll send them there. And he's like, well, fit one more. And I'm like, well – you know, what about Gulf Coast? No, no, Gunner. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to go there. They've had a terrible team. Well, you know, at least it's near the beach, you know. Just, just send it down there. They might, you know, if nothing else works out, you know. <laughs> uh, so send it down there. You know, didn't didn't have any clue that that staff was getting fired about that time. And, uh, and you know, I'm a believer that, that God kind of leads you where you're supposed to go. And if, if you try to do something different, it's, it's not ever going to work out like it's supposed to. You know, you just got to sit back and trust it. Mm-hmm. He's going to take care of it, and that's kind of my story. Uh, you know, Coach Campbell got down there. Uh, Coach Campbell was coming into the program, uh, you know, happy to be a head coach again, but obviously, you know, kind of disappointed that they just been fired at Mississippi State. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I don't know how many people out there really know about Steve Campbell or not, but, man, he's a great man. He, uh, you know, he, he changed the way I looked at football. Uh, uh, in life. I mean, he's just, he's, he's a guy that, you know, everybody that's played for him, you know, you run into people that, you know, I've started to kind of, I guess, be one of the older guys that I would run into, but you run into a guy that played for Steve Campbell and they're like, oh, you're part of the brotherhood, you know. Uh, so it's something that everybody takes pride in. And, um, uh, but he was a great guy to play for, uh, played there for, I was on that three, three year plan at junior college. Uh, you know, played, uh, my freshman year I came in, he kind of was starting the program. I redshirted, uh, uh, you know, still a little undersized and stuff. So redshirted that year, uh, had the first winning season there, uh, went five and four, but the first winning season there, I think in, in 17 years or something, uh, you know, went through the spring, went in the next fall as a redshirt freshman. We had a great year. I played five games as a tackle, then our tight end got hurt. So I moved to tight end. Wow. Um, you don't hear that very often. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was a large tight end. They didn't throw me the ball so, uh, <laughs> as, as bad as I wanted them to. Um, 
but, you know, went to the playoffs the first time, actually won South State, uh, played for a state championship, you know, which is the conference kind of over there, uh, which is a tough conference. And, and, and after that, I actually had a, an offer to go to Southeastern Louisiana, uh, you know, went on a visit there, uh, committed to them, uh, was at my house in, in Ridgeland, at my dad's house, and uh, got a call from Sylvester Croom, who was head coach of Mississippi State, uh, who, who wanted to invite me to come, come walk on there. So, you know, now being a college coach, it, you know, I understand that I was, you know, I'm, I'm that kid that I would hate now. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, called Southeastern and I said, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I got to I got to go give this a try. You know, got there. Uh, you know, another great head coach to play for. You know, uh, Sylvester Croom is just, you know, one of those guys that, you know, if you've ever seen anything about him on TV or, or ever heard him speak or anything. I mean, just uh, an inspirational guy, you know. Uh, was there for um, for the spring uh, of that year. Uh, went through the summer and just, you know, I actually went through fall camp and just, you know, I realized that, you know, the whole, uh, you know, FBS Power 5 thing, you know, as great as it could be, uh, I enjoyed playing football more for Steve Campbell at, you know, Gulf Coast Community College under – you know, in front of uh, 6,000 people, you know, every, every, every Saturday or Thursday, uh, you know, it was, it was just, it was more fun, the style that he played. And, and, and so I just, you know, got done with basically two days and called coach Campbell and said, man, look, you know, do you have a, a scholarship available? Cause I, I, I want to come back and play. And uh, he said, man, yeah, we're looking for a, you know, we're looking for an offensive lineman. We'd love to have you. So left those two days that I just survived and went down and started two days the next day at, at Gulf Coast and uh, and uh, had a great year again uh, and uh, you know and and just really solidified the idea that I wanted to be a football coach. You know, uh, leaving high school, I had a, a a teacher that told me, you know, you're going to coach and teach someday, and I told him he was crazy. There was no way, no way that, that was what I was going to do. I, I didn't I didn't use the coaching profession as something that kind of appealed to me. You know. Um, uh, but but playing for Coach Campbell and seeing the way that he did things and, and the way that he taught you know his team to play football, it was just it, it was a life changing experience, you know. So um, so from then on, I kind of had, had decided that was going to be my track. Um, is that you know I was a psychology major and I, I did spend some time in Mississippi State doing a little bit of that and and, and realized that I, I didn't like listening to people's problems as much as I thought I might. Uh, you know, so. Uh, so I couldn't handle that. I figured, you know, football coaching, I could at least yell at people when they told me their problems. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's worked out for me. Uh, but from, from Gulf Coast, actually, I went to uh, – I actually signed to go play with uh, UT Martin, uh, Coach Simpson, uh, who, who's still there, was the head coach there. Uh, great guy, great guy to play for. Uh, you know, but just while I was there, it's one of those things, like I was saying, you know, I feel like God leads you to where you're – you know, where you're supposed to go. It just never felt right. You know, it's um, as much as I love playing football and as much as I didn't want to admit it, I just felt like I was being pulled back home the whole time. Uh, so, so again, I went kind of got through the summer and just, you know, uh, just, you know, I just couldn't, it's like one of those things you can't, you can't fight what you're being told to do. And, and so I went back, uh, went back home and, and I felt like I was being called to just go start coaching. So, I was lucky enough that, uh, you know, a guy that's kind of a, a legendary type coach, you know, one of those Hall of Fame type coaches in Mississippi uh, named David Bradbury, uh, you know, I called around, went around, asked a lot of people and then and, and just kind of ran into him. He was actually at a school. It's in Ridgeland, Mississippi, where I was living, 
with my dad uh, called St. Andrews Episcopal. Um, and he was actually looking for a guy that could come in and, and, you know, knew about, you know, inside zone and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, with some experience that could come in for, you know, a couple thousand dollars for the season and, and, and do it. So, um, you know, so I got that job and that, that kind of was what, um, you know, just having him as a, as a reference on top of having Steve Campbell, you know, helped me really get my foot in the door, uh, in, in high school ball, uh, which what I, I would do, you know, a couple years later, uh, but had a really good season, one district at St. Andrews. Uh, from there, I actually went up and I went down and finished up my, my you know, degree at, at Southern Miss and then uh, got engaged, you know, during that time. So um, when I left Southern Miss after graduation, I moved up to Oxford, Mississippi, uh, where my wife was in school finishing up. Um, we got married that spring and then, uh, you know, we lived a couple more years while my wife was in grad school in, in, in Oxford and, and there was no coaching jobs. I mean, they just, you know, I had my teacher's license after about a couple months there. Um, but just, you know, there was no jobs available. So I, I sat there and, and sold life insurance for two years. Um, you know, just trying to <laughs> grind enough football knowledge, not to, <laughs> you know, lose it all. And, and, uh, <laughs> You know, we actually moved back to the Jackson area for my wife's school uh, after two years and, um, uh, you know, was able to get a job there uh, at Richland High School. Uh, you know, my first full-time high school job, uh, you know, they, they, it was a program that was kind of down. Uh, you know, we came in and, and, and really just, I mean, completely had to, to change the culture uh, from where they'd been. And, uh, and, and it was rough. Now we, we, we started with about 37 that year playing 4A football in Mississippi, which is a really tough, you know, level to play at a lot of great athletes. Um, and we went 0 and 11 and I mean a bat and like 0 and 11 sounds bad, but you don't know how bad this was. Like we, you know, after about three, after about three games, the second half was running clock against us. It was bad. We ended up in the season having about 19 guys, um, on the team, but, uh, but it's, you know, that's what it took, you know, uh, uh, a few years later that, that same school, they, they ended up being a playoff team and stuff like that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, we actually, the first game we, we were tied, you know, right before half and, and our two only real great athletes that, that were seniors tore their ACLs on back-to-back plays. Gosh, and from there it was, it was all downhill. So, um, wow. but, you know, so I spent one year at Richland, had no intention of leaving there, none. I, you know, those kids were great. Uh, you know, it's one of those places where the kids really needed you and you felt like you could make a difference. Uh, you know, maybe not maybe not win a state championship, but but you could make a difference in the lives of those kids because they, they, a lot of them had nothing. Um, you know, and, and so I had no intention of leaving. Uh, you know, Coach Campbell, actually, uh, I ended up talking to him. And he was like, well, I got a friend of mine, you know, that, that's at Brandon High School, which is a six-day school that wasn't far from Richland. He's like, you know, they're, they're, that program's on its way up, you know. Um, he's looking for an offensive line coach. I just wanted to know if you're interested or not. And I said, well, you know, I'm, you know I like where I'm at. I, you know, I'm not really ready to leave. I feel like I've invested in these kids and stuff. And he's like, well, just go talk to them, you know. So I got in touch with Brad and, and you know, Brad called me, I think, and, um, Brad Peterson was there at the time as a head coach and, and, uh, you know, went and interviewed with him and stuff and, and didn't really know how it went or whatever, you know, uh, still wasn't sure whether or not that's what I wanted to do or not, but Brad called me, offered me the job 
I think I, I think I thought about it over the weekend and kind of you know talked to my wife about it and stuff and and then you know it was just too good of an opportunity to not turn you know to turn it down so um, so accepted that job and, and spent three years at Brandon uh, you know the first one we went to state championship first time that Brandon had ever been in the state championship uh, and then won the region the next two years so it was you know uh, a lot of winning there uh Brandon Brandon High School you know I don't know I haven't been but a few places in Mississippi but there couldn't be many many better places to coach than than Brandon uh you know just a great school great place uh you know towards the end of that third year really not even during the season just in the spring started to get that feeling again like you know like I was supposed to be doing something else you know uh which was hard to convince myself of again because it was such a good place to be at you know um but I didn't know what that was. So, so I started kind of, you know, looking around to see what was available. Uh, you know, had a, a, my actually high school offensive line coach. Uh, it was a principal in Oxford, Mississippi. A guy was leaving Oxford to go to a place called New Albany. And, um, you know, he got in touch with me and said, hey, you know, this guy's gone and taken a head coach. His dad was a legendary coach in Mississippi at Oxford High School. Coached there for years and years and won a lot of games, uh, you know, Great guy. You'd love to coach for him. You know, you mind if I give him your number? No. So Jake called me, went up there, interviewed, uh, went great. You know, thought I was getting a job as the offense coordinator there. Uh, had had gone up there with my wife and looked at houses and stuff. And then, you know, last minute, it, you know, it was something that fell through. So, you know, I still had that feeling like I was supposed to be somewhere else. And, uh you know, my wife, we were, we were sitting at home one night and, and she said, you know, you, you know, you've always wanted to be a college coach, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't give up on that yet. You know, it, maybe you should just go up to Ole Miss, you know, we can go live back in Oxford because she loved it there and you could just go try to volunteer, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they would just take you on as a volunteer or something. And I was like, you know, that's, you know, that's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, I, I do, that is my ultimate goal. I'm trying to become a college coach. Um, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll take me, you know, so I thought on that for a few days, a week or so. And, you know, it just didn't sound right. You know, it was, Hey, you know, Ole Miss probably gets 10 of these calls a day, you know, they're, they're an SEC school and they've got a lot of resources to draw from. And, you know, I don't think they'd even take my call. If I call it, I don't know anybody up there. Uh, but by that time, the, the guy that I played for Steve Campbell was at, at university of central Arkansas. So, you know, I, I basically just, you know, <laughs> I basically just called up Coach Campbell one day and I said, hey, Coach, you know, how's it going? Hadn't talked to you in a while, you know. Uh, thanks for getting me my last job. You know, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm going to leave my last job. Uh, you know, I, I want to come up there and just coach for you. You don't have to pay me anything. You don't, you know, don't, I don't expect anything from this. I don't expect a job later. Just if you will tell me on the phone right now, that you won't kick me out the door when I get there. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come work for y'all. And he said, "Well, no, Gunner. I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kick you out. You know, I, we'd love to have you. You'd be a. You know, you'd be a great resource to have or whatever. I don't know how serious he really took the conversation we were having at that point. Um, <laughs> but you know, by the end by the end of that conversation, we you know uh, kind of set a date. He called me back a couple of days later. Said, "Are you know you, you sure you want to do this? You know, are you really serious about this?" And um, I said, yeah, coach, you know, just we'd love to come see the place sometime. So we set a date to do that, came up, and 
and and saw you know I'd driven through Conway growing up a lot, but never really been on campus. And man, saw the campus, and I mean, this is an incredible, incredible place. I mean, it's uh, it's a special place, and and uh, and you could tell the first time you step on campus. So, uh, you know, Coach Campbell, I basically told him by the time I left that weekend that you know, hey, this is you know, this isn't a maybe. It's a, I'll I'll see you. Just tell me the date. So. Uh, he told me to show up in June, and and I did. And so, uh, you know, I came in as a volunteer coach, quality control, and um, you know, just have been, you know, uh, I've always said lucky. You know, the the softball coach here, I said that to him one day, and he's like, "No, man, you're not lucky. You're blessed." So I, I feel bad saying lucky anymore <laughs> because I feel like I am blessed. But uh, you know, I just came in uh, expecting to not get paid for two years, and then you know, eventually. You know, worst case scenario, I'll go back to Mississippi and, and have something, you know, better on my resume. Um, uh, but I was lucky enough that, that you know, I came in. Uh, there were some coaching changes after that after that fall semester, and uh, I guess I did, did enough to, for them to keep me around and, and hire me as the director of football operations and uh, an assistant O-line coach. So I, you know, did that role for a while, uh, you know, for, uh, I guess, the next two seasons uh, with, with Steve Campbell and, and uh, and man, just you know, as good as a guy as he was to, to to play for, just I mean, he was that good to work for, you know. Um, and then at the end of this past season, uh, he got the opportunity to go back closer to home and and take a job at uh, you know an FBS job at the University of South Alabama, um, you know, and had the opportunity to go down there with him. Uh, you know, he's such a great guy that, that that you know everybody on our staff basically had an opportunity to go. He he's not a he's a guy that believes in you know, the staff helped get him there. He's going to take you with him. So, uh, so, so had that opportunity and thought about that, but, uh, the offensive coordinator here, uh, Nathan Brown got the head job and, uh, you know, I'd like to think I'm still a young coach, but he's a young head coach. Uh, you know, we're the same age. Uh, I think he's 31. I'm 31. So, um, you know, he, he was going to stay and, and my wife and my family, we've gotten kind of rooted in Conway and, and I've really enjoyed our time here, so it was it was hard to think about leaving here. So uh, he offered me the recruiting coordinator job and the offensive line job, and you know, I, it was something I couldn't turn down. So it was tough to call Coach Campbell and told, tell him I wasn't, you know, wasn't going to be able to do it. But but I mean, he understood, and 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 uh, and I'm just happy to have this opportunity. You know. Wow, what what a journey! What a what a leap of faith! I mean, that's that's uh, pretty yeah. There's no short story there. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, the family, everyone's, you know, obviously counting on you. And then, and then you, you kind of put all the chips in for, you know, like you said, two years to maybe not get to pay, get paid, but just to get to go coach football and do what you want to do. And then um, I know you say lucky or blessed to get that opportunity, but I'm sure there was, like you said, plenty of coaches that wanted that opportunity to eventually get that next job. Uh, I would assume there's got to be a few things that, that set you apart, that got you eventually from being a quality control to getting hired uh, do you think you know what are you what do you think maybe a few of those things are that maybe stood out about you uh that, that got you right because anyone could have gone there and be there right I'm sure there's plenty of people that were right time right place but but you were chosen you know I'm sure for a reason so what do you think maybe a few of those are because I think there's a lot of coaches out there and and me included right that want to work their way up or just be the best they can be and and kind of want to know you know what are some of those things that you look to do or that you did and that uh, kind of set you apart. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really know. Other than you know, one thing is is the high school experience for me. 
it was another one of those things where I feel like God put me there because it was, it was an opportunity for me to grow. You know, uh, there's, you know, I know that, uh, at St. Andrews, you know, I had a, an offensive line of five, five guys that were pretty decent players. All right. But, but St. Andrews is, is a very high academic school. So, you know, my lowest ACT score, I think all my offensive line that year, my starting five and including my sixth guy was like a 29. Uh, He was a freshman. Yeah, who, who they all made fun of for his low test score. So, uh, you know, I didn't really get to the experience of coaching, you know, high school guys and some of the guys and the brain power you have to deal with, you know, when you're dealing with great athletes on the high school level. Uh, so so having to spend the next four years in, in, in high school was a great learning experience for me, uh, just as, you know, having to take that approach that high school coaches do where it's, you know, you can't go out and recruit somebody to to your system, you better be able to adjust, you know? So I went from learning to, you know, like even the wing tee and stuff like that and researching different stuff that I never would have experienced before. Um, you know, just, just because you're in that situation where you've got to be creative. I mean, y'all know. Um, and so, you know, and then, then, you know, and on top of that, I mean, I was teaching a state tested area, uh, you know, U S history and, and, I had not taken a U.S. history course since I I was in high school, <laughs> so uh, so I spent you know, and that's what a lot of guys that that uh, you know in college that you talk to that they don't understand that you know yeah, yeah you're not doing football all day that's right but I was going back to the school yeah. after we put my daughter down and stuff to go lesson plan and to you know be able to be ready for the you know uh, learning community TLC meetings the next morning and stuff you know so. Um, uh, so that was, that was, you know, it, it changed my work ethic a little bit, you know, showing up at 530 in the morning at, at Richmond High School to go, you know, to make sure the classroom was ready because I was a floater, you know, uh, to, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. So when I came into this job, it, it was kind of a, I had to come in with the mindset that, you know, I, I'm coming in as an unpaid guy. But if I work like a guy that's not getting paid and, 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 and use that as a crutch, I'm not ever going to get paid. So you know, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I worked the hours of all all the paid guys. Tried to, you know, try to tried to just act like I was already getting paid for the job. And 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 you know, and, and a lot of it has to do just with, you know, that that one Co- coach Campbell's a great guy and and he's a loyal guy as I've ever been around. And and you know, when that was season and was open over and and there was an opening, I mean, you know, he he, he immediately looked my way. It wasn't even a you know, the opening came open and I think an hour later I'd finished running and he'd offered me a job. So, uh, it wasn't something he really debated, but, uh, you know, and on top of that, you know, I felt like I, I, uh, had a little bit extra pressure because, you know, basically after I'd come up here, committed to coming up here, turned in my letter, letter of resignation at, uh, at Brandon high school. And then our house went on the market. And the next day my wife found out she was pregnant with our second child. So, I felt like, wow. <laughs> you know, wow. those, those expenses were about to go up a little bit. My wife had to move jobs and we, we, you know, we lost her coverage for, you know, maternity coverage and stuff like that. So, uh, I felt that, I felt that weight on my, my shoulders a little bit more than, than I had expected to, you know, so, uh, but, but again, you know, I, I've been put in the position time and time again to, you know, just to, um, you know, to succeed, you know, I mean, I feel like it's, it's a lot of just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, but you never know when that opportunity is going to come. So, so you better act like you're going to get that opportunity or, or, you know, or it's not going to happen when it, when it does get there, you know? Um, 
I think uh, I heard um, a coach at one of these conventions one time, I think it was the AFCA convention, say, you know, uh, when a job comes open, he's going to look to the guys on his staff, you know, the guys that are the GAs, you know, the quality control guys. Uh, and he's not ever going to go hire somebody else, you know, off of a recommendation from a friend, you know, another coach uh, that he's been a GA or, or a quality control in their program and they hadn't hired, him, you know, uh, like exactly. if you're not going to hire him, what makes you think I should hire him? So, uh, you know, so that, 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 you know, you better work, um, you know, you better impress those guys while you got the opportunity, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and if you do that, then, then they'll look at you like you're already a paid guy and it won't be a big deal when, you, you know, when you do get a full-time job, um, I think is, is the only advice I could give. But other than that, I mean, you know, I feel like I just have been in the right place at the right time. I, I think, think yeah, I, just, I don't think that's a real other than that. That's a, I think it's a really, really big deal. And I think Walls, I mean, you kind of went through that GA life, you know, I, or quality control, whichever one you were in, and yeah, you know, talked about the same thing. I just, I mean, I, you're you're telling your story, Coach, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, there's a there's about there's a couple of things that I'm thinking. You know, number one was, I mean, that that pressure that you put on yourself. Uh, you know, or the, the outside pressure that you, you had to kind of go in and, and succeed. I mean, to me, that's like the, the measuring stick to kind of see, you know, am I going to be able to make it or not? Because, I mean, that's that's kind of what life is. You know, you see a lot of these people that maybe take the, the safe road and uh, and kind of take the easy way out, and, and then maybe they have some regrets later on. Well, you'll, you'll never have to worry about that, you know. You threw your faith in, in God and in your own abilities, and, and you went and found out, hey, I I'm either going to do it or I can't, but I'm going to find something out about myself and, and I'm going to provide for my family. And then I think, you know, the, that, that was me. I, I did the same thing. And then the other thing you said was when you're talking about, you know, all the jobs you had as, as a teacher and, and not only, you know, coaching, but going in early, coming in, staying late, and you weren't thinking about the paycheck. You, you were more concerned with, you know, me doing a great job, you know, being able to work on my craft, to be proud of, of the, the job that I do. And I think there's, there's not a lot of coaches out there that do that. And all of a sudden it's the summertime and they're like, Hey, how much am I getting paid for my stipend? Well, we're going to give you about 500, <laughs> yeah. we're going to give you about 500 bucks. Well, screw that. I'm going to go paint houses. Well, you know, yeah. what, what kind of message does that send to your kids? You know, then those are the same guys that are, are yelling at kids for not showing up in the summer, you know, and they're yelling at kids for, for not being accountable. And I'm like, dude, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't send much of a message when you're the same guy worried about how much money you're making per hour, because 1% of us out there are going to make enough money just coaching football to make a living. The rest of us are going to have to do something else. And usually it's teaching. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. And, and then the hours that you put in, in as a high school coach, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you work on the same hours that you would as, as a college coach, but it's not all football. You know, I mean, you got to go get your bus license like I did. And, and you got, you know, your <laughs> Tuesday night isn't, isn't, you know, the, the painful thing you have to go through and the hard work you got to go through isn't, you know, watching practice film and breaking down more of the opponent or whatever. It's you're driving the eighth grade bus back from, you know, <laughs> wherever 45 minutes away. And you're just trying to keep that thing from running off the road while all them are going to nuts in the back, you know, so. <laughs> I um, I used to have to I used to have to drive the cheerleaders. They'd pay me oh fifty. Boy. They'd pay me fifty bucks, and I would drive the cheerleaders. I just put in headphones and <laughs> try not to listen to any of those conversations. 
Hey, it was I 50, 50 more bullets, more man. That I used headphones on the bus. That's right. Just allegedly someone did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Coach, you said you were also director of football ops. Um, how, how did you like that? Because I, I know – I think it's probably a pretty good idea to have, your, have a football coach be the DFO – uh, because I know at, at Houston, when we had our DFO, we gave them a lot of crap when anything went wrong. Uh, I mean, oh, man. If, if the, um, you know, whatever, the plane didn't have, uh, you know, the movie wasn't working for the first few minutes, everyone start yelling at the DFO. I mean, half, half jokingly, no one was really mad at, at, at him or her or whoever it was, but, um, you know, half jokingly, but they'd be yelling at them and they'd kind of get in a flustered and then, or, you know, the bus goes to the wrong hotel or whatever it is you know, and everyone's always on the DFO. I think it'd probably be uh, a little better for them if they were a football coach because uh, the kids probably wouldn't give them as much uh, slack. But I'm still, I'm sure, just, again, with that, hours and hours of work to get all that stuff set up. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, no, yeah, being, being you know, we get, this is Division One FCS, so there is, you know, there has been 10 assistants. So, um, you know, I was the assistant offensive line coach in the DFO, so I didn't catch the crap from the players really because I was, <laughs> you know, involved. Uh, I caught the crap from the coaches and and the secretary and the, you know, uh, I mean because yes. nobody knows what a football operation is, you know. It's so anything that comes in the door or comes up that, that is not assigned to somebody already, it goes to it, you. It must be a football <laughs> operation, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so it it just falls in my lap, but. You know, but that was a great learning experience. I mean, you know, it's, you know, not anytime soon, but it's someday I could see, you know, wanting to be a head coach. Uh, and then if, and when that day happens, you know, uh, if I get that opportunity, I won't be surprised because it is a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, that a head coach has to think about is the same thing a DFO has to think about. You know, a big part of it was travel, uh, you know, uh, and, and just, you know, everything from, um, you know, what signs were going to go up on the wall to, you know, uh, I had to teach myself how to do, you know, uh, Photoshop and stuff to try to help our social media image and stuff. And, and, uh, and then you know, food, it, it was, man. again, yeah, just learning, learning new stuff and not having anybody to tell you how to do it because it hadn't been done, you know? Um, so, so that was, that was, that was an experience. And, and i tell you what, one of the most stressful things is, is when you get on that bus to go somewhere on a trip, and everything in the world will go wrong that, that you have already, you know, you've already talked to the people 20 times and confirmed everything. And, uh, not, not the year that I was a DFO, but the year before we had, uh, we were on the bus down to Houston and we had a call from, uh, Carl's Jr. I think down there, we'd gotten our, our, you know, after meeting snack that night. Uh, and they called us at 8 AM, sir, your tacos and your burgers are ready. They're waiting on you. Uh, you know, we're just wondering if anybody's going to show up to, to come get it. And it never dawned on them that it was supposed to be 8 p.m. You know, it was going to eat 300 tacos and burgers at 8 a.m. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff that you deal with, and, and you just kind of learn to, you know, to expect it and roll with the punches and, and, and just try to, you know, try to make it the best you can, you know, because you're dealing with people that, that don't see you every year and then don't understand the needs of a college football team a lot of times. And, and and what it you know what it takes to travel with those guys so it, it it's something every week man it really is. I always thought it was funny too because you I worked with a couple of guys at Tulsa and they they've been at different places and just talking about all the different philosophies. So like 
one of them, I mean, they had, they had a whole manual on, on football operations and travel. And like this, they literally had diagrams of how they should set up their tables. Like, oh, okay, here's, those now. Yeah. here's where, here's where <laughs> the food had to be. Here's where, here's where the groups had to be sitting and they had it all the way down to that. I mean, they'd notice when things were off and I'm just like, wow. But Hey, I mean, I, oh, I yeah. guess it's, it's no stone left unturned, but then it, the other guys would be like, yeah, we weren't nearly that organized. It was more like this, but I, I didn't have any idea about all that that I never would have thought of because, you know, like you said, you go into the to the college program, and I you know for guys like Harper, they just expect stuff to just happen, you know, be done. If it didn't, they're going to give somebody guff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had it all planned out. Who who was sitting next to who on the airline? I mean, it was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, I've been through all that, and it's you know. Uh, it, it really is. It's, it's something else. And, and, and I, I'm not that guy. Anybody that knows me will tell you I'm not that guy that's, you know, that's real good at doing all that stuff. I was lucky enough that the guy before me, uh, the, actually the guy before him, uh, Boomer Cunningham, who's his offensive line coach down at uh, Southern Arkansas now, he had put together a manual. So I was able to at least have a starting point, you know, to work off of. Because if not, I, I mean, I had no idea what – I had never been to any of the places that we were going to, basically you know, uh, when I took over because I'd been in high school, you know, I, I barely knew the teams in the conference when I, when I came and took the job. So, um, so it was, it, I had no clue what I was going to do. I, I had that as a starting point. I'm very thankful for it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I kind of had to do the same thing with, um, with, uh, uh, I can't think of the name, like you said, with the graphics. Uh, you know, you had to kind of teach yourself that. I had to teach myself the same thing here for the podcast. So we obviously had to put out some graphics. We had no money, and I kind of had to teach myself off of uh, off of YouTube. Is that is that kind of how the same same way you had to do it? Just go on YouTube, go on Google, and okay, how do I do this? Oh, okay, this is how I do it. Photoshop. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's um, I had uh, there, there was a program that was similar that I'd messed around with just in the dorm room in college because junior college football, you know, it's not, they're not exactly located in, you know, metropolitan areas where you've got all these options on what to do, you know? So I had messed around with it a little bit, um, enough to at least understand how stuff like that worked, even though it wasn't the same program. And so, you know, I was able to figure out a little bit at a time, you know, how to do this and that. And, and, um, and then, you know, yeah, re- re- you know, refer to YouTube whenever I had a question <laughs> I wanted to do something I didn't know how to do. Uh, and then sometimes that took, took more effort. But, uh, I've, you know, I've, we, we've got a kid that this, this actually a student assistant for us now, kind of, that does just graphic design stuff. Uh, so it's taken that off my plate a little bit, which I was thrilled about. Uh, he does an incredible job. Uh, but I, I think I could still do a few graphics for you, you know, in the podcast if, if you wanted me to, you know, I'm, I'm not cheap. <laughs> I believe it. We could work something on That's all the, all the graphic. I think that's the job I should have got into. I don't do a good enough job. Of I'm it, telling you. But it's, uh, you. they can charge a pretty penny for it. That's why I had to learn it myself. We couldn't afford to, to outsource that one. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, some of the salaries that you see for these Power 5 programs that, you know, they're hiring a graphic designer. I mean, it's unreal. It is. Un- and I had coaches – on staff here, they're like, man, why are you coaching for however much a year, you know? Like, you should be – you could make more money doing this. We well, yeah, <laughs> have to do this all day, and I wouldn't be able to coach, so. That's, uh, that's right. would not be a very fun day if you're a no, coach at heart. No, you're right. Uh-uh. 
making graphics for fast food restaurants and stuff. I'm good, guys. <laughs> exactly. Well, Coach, yeah. now now you you know you've gone up to be uh, offense coordinator uh, from offensive line. So well, I'm kind of curious what uh you know what extra has been thrown on your plate now, or or what made you decide that okay now you know because I think there's a lot of guys out there like hey am I ready to to make the jump from assistant to a coordinator? And you know there's some guys that make it uh, you know way too fast. You know they go to be a coordinator and and kind of crash and burn. I think everyone's kind of worried about that, and then but you don't want to be the guy that waits too long and, and you could have done it for years if that's something that you really want to do. So what kind of helped you make that decision or, or made you kind of aware that you might be willing to, to make that next jump up? Well, no, I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm still one of those guys waiting back. I'm still one of those guys waiting back till I'm ready. I'm, I'm the offensive line coach I, I, you know, and I'm the recruiting coordinator. Recruiting coordinator. That's, that's right. Yeah. The recruiting I got coordinator. So that's, uh, that's, uh, I guess maybe a step above the DFO. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> seems like a lot of the same kind of stuff. Uh, but they change, uh, they change yeah, the name. I, I the same stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just. I mean, it just seems like I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. So yeah. uh, it sounds like a flash in the title, though. I think so. Maybe, maybe they were just throwing me a bone. But uh, I think so too. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's a flash your title. I think you got the the better end of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, not not looking not looking to leave here, so not worry about how it looks on the resume. But if you know if something happened here, man, I did, yeah, I need something to boost it. Uh, no, but actually, you know, another another thing that uh, not something that you know I would have, you know, probably wanted. You know, my ego definitely wouldn't have wanted it. But but you know, uh, the last few years under under Coach Campbell, Coach Campbell, I don't know. You know, like I said, I don't know how many people know who, who Steve Campbell is. If if you don't, you need to look him up because he's he's going to be one of those big name coaches here in just a few years. But uh, uh, but you know, he coaches the offensive line. I mean, that that, that is his thing. Uh, he's done it as a head coach his whole career, and he feels like you know, and he's right. He's done a great job with it. So uh, so he hadn't really backed off of that. I mean, he is he is in every. I mean, he's leading the position meetings and stuff like that. Uh, you know, unless there was a conflict, he was going to be the guy heading up the position meetings, and I was there to help. So, it, you know, it 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 was a great experience for me because I was able to take time to actually step back and and especially that first year, you know, as a volunteer, just view it from the outside and and come up with my own ideas about what we should be doing, but shut my mouth and and see what was done, you know, and and find out, you know, the different adjustments and stuff that, that you had to make to, to do it on the college level, you know, on the division one level. So, um, so that, 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 that has helped me a lot now looking at, uh, you know, uh, and of course as time went on, he let me do more things and stuff, but, uh, but that, that was a great, uh, great thing for me. I think probably in the long run is that, that I was able to, um, to sit back and just kind of observe and, you know, uh, look at it from a, from a different, from a different point of view, you know? Um, so that, that, that has helped me, uh, now, uh, you know, taking it over solely as my own, um, um, you know, look at it a different way, I guess, and kind of ask some of those questions that need to be asked before they become a problem, you know? Sure. Um, cause he, cause he's a great guy to learn for, from. And then kind of my other big question, since I flubbed that one up, <laughs> Obviously, my other big one that I wanted to. I'll give you a pass. No, I appreciate it. Um, 
Uh, my other big one, which unless I'm completely off on that is, so you, you kind of talked about, right, you were comfortable, especially at that first high school you were at, comfortable where you were at. You kind of got someone wanting to interview you. You know, you kind of talked about you, you were happy where you were, didn't really even care to interview. But then you got a coach that said, you know what, go ahead and take the interview. Is that, is that you know, some knowledge that you impart on other coaches? Would you give that same advice to a coach that, you know, is kind of happy where he is, but he's got an interview somewhere else. Would you tell him, hey, go go take the interview? Or, or what kind of advice would you give that coach? Uh, you know, that, that is something that somebody in this profession told me at some point. It may have been Coach Campbell. It may, it may have been somebody else. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's always kind of, I mean, since since I've been coaching full-time, it's something that I've, I've always done is, you know, they, I heard it somewhere. Don't ever turn down an interview anywhere, you know, because you don't really know what the situation is till you get there and you talk. And then the worst that can come out of it is, you know, you get to know somebody that you didn't know as well before and, and you make a connection and, and who knows how that goes down the road, you know. So uh, so I still have not ever turned down an interview. I mean, if so-and-so, you know, who's starting a girls team at wherever called me up today, I would go try to take the interview because there'd be somebody new to meet and, and uh and and i think that helped me in that interview is just the fact that i you know uh had taken other interviews and 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 every time you go you get practice for interviews you know uh all you can do is grow from experience so um uh and the fact that i I didn't think i was going to leave you know helped me with that interview because i wasn't worried about whether i got the job i I didn't feel any pressure you know i I just went in there and answered the questions truthfully and and, and how I felt and, and didn't care whether or not that was what they wanted to hear. And, and that's what, you know, that's what they wanted, you know? So that's what coach Peterson wanted. who's actually Mr. State now. So, um, and he was a great guy to work for. And, you know, we kind of, you know, by the time I left the interview, I, I realized that we kind of, you know, clicked a little bit enough to where we knew that, you know, um, that we would mess well, you know, as coaches. So, um, you know, like I said, don't turn down an interview, uh, which was told to me a long time ago, and uh, uh, that's what I would tell to everybody: don't don't turn down an interview because you know you never know, you never know. Uh, so I, I love that too. Just because for me, I, I think interviews are fun, and I, I you know I'm sitting here nodding my head the whole time you're talking, just because you know when you have that freedom, it's like you're right. I already have a great job, so I really have nothing to lose. You're almost gonna have to kind of sell me on this job and then you're 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 going there and you're just gathering pieces of information the whole time but at the same time they're seeing exactly who you are it's not it's not some facade some fake person that i'm putting on it's like hey this is this is who coach walls is and it is usually just makes you so confident and laid back and and you answer the questions really really well because you don't have that pressure or that that worry i think it's really good advice yeah, and, and just, you know, that, that just makes me think about something, actually, that you say that, that, that kind of, you know, it's something that I've noticed more and more kind of as time goes on, but I did end up finishing in psychology, so, you know, mm-hmm. I still retain maybe two or three facts <laughs> that I learned <laughs> from, right. from my four years of a degree and, and all that stuff, uh, but one of them that, that I've noticed more and more is, is, is there's this thing called the imposter effect, you know, that there's this fear that, that, that you're going to be found out as an imposter, that, that you know, you're you're you know, putting on this facade, you know, for people because, you know, people have different personas in every relationship they have. You know, people are there. You're one person to your wife and in that relationship. And then you act a different, different way 
uh, you know, against, you know, when you're with this group of friends or whatever. Uh, and I mean, you know, most people can, can kind of relate to that when they go back to a high school reunion and get a, around you know, guys that they, you know, went to high school with and how you acted then, you know, uh, you feel like that, that, that drive to, to live up to that persona you were in high school, you know, uh, and, and, you know, you go into an interview and you're dishonest and you're, you know, trying to be what they, what they're looking for. Well, when you get that job, even though that was your goal, you're going to feel that drive to go out there and be that person that you're not really that person, you know, mm -hmm. so you're never, you're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, uh, and, and that's one thing about, um, you know, just the, the kids that you coach today that, that I've realized and then the kids that have changed a lot, even just in the few short years that I've been coaching, but, you know, the kids today have this thing that all of them are like, like on the outside that they've really got a handle on social media and, and the persona they're supposed to present to people, you know, the image yep. they're supposed to present in the public. And so from the outside looking in, they look like they're, you know, egomaniacs and, and they're overconfident and they, and they're given everything and they have everything and they don't appreciate anything. But at the end of the day, that, that imposter effect is, is stronger on them than it is on any other generation before, in my opinion, because they, they are putting on that show 24 mm -hmm. seven. So they are one of the most insecure generations I've ever been around. And, and if you can understand that you approach them differently because this generation is every bit as driven as every generation before. Uh, they've got the same, same goals for achievement. Uh, but, but I think that that, that, that barrier they put up uh, kind of prevents them, you know, until they let go of that, it prevents them from really being able to achieve those goals. You know, um, uh, just, just trying to live up to what they think people want them to be or who they're supposed to be around people. Um, and I know that's something that, that, you know, we fight with a little bit uh, in high school. Of course, you fight with it because a lot of times those kids that you've got there, uh, they have grown up with those same kids their entire life. So whoever they were in first grade and, and whatever, you know, a role in that group that they took on in first grade is who they're still trying to live up, you know, to that identity today. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. you know, th some, sometimes they're kind of pulled in a direction where they don't feel like they're that person anymore but they have to continue to act like that because they're, you know, they were always the guy that was funny or the always the guy that was goofy. And, 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 you know, um, uh, you know, when they get to college, they kind of get to reset a little bit, but you know, whatever they do in that first six months of there, that kind of sets them in that routine of, well, this is who I am. And, and just trying to, you know, pull those guys out of that and make them realize that they're, that that is a fact, you know, that, that is something that, that is real, that, that, you know, that they don't have to abide by that rule, uh, I think is something that really helps, you know, get those guys over that, that threshold that, you know, push them on to being able to break out of that and, uh, and just move on and, and be better. You know, uh, I know it did for me just, you know, I can remember, you know, and I preached to guys, you know, going to class and stuff, you got to, cause it's not always, mentor you know in college so uh you know but just if i hadn't gone to that one day of class in college where where the you know professor talked about that and there's a few other examples of that too then i would have never uh, my outlook on life would be completely different you know because if i'd have skipped one day and that would have been the day it, you know 
who knows what would have happened because I wouldn't have understood that. I wouldn't have understood, uh, you know, a lot of things. It's just one day here and there. There's probably five or six days in college that I learned something that has really stuck with me and, and changed the way that I, I, I view the world and, and view life. Uh, you know, that was one of those days because it, it helped me kind of realize that I don't have to be bound to that. Uh, and, and then, you know, there's other ones that, you know, you never know when those five or six days are going to be. You know, and that's four or five years or, you know, some guys are on that six-year plan. Maybe six <laughs> years of college. That was me. You know, and, and every day doesn't seem important, but it may be that it may be that one day that you skip that you could have learned something that really, you know, really helps you th- throughout life, you know. Uh, so that's that's something, you know, uh, that, that I try to tell my guys anyway. I mean, it's just, you know, understand that, yeah, you, the information you learn might not be that big a deal. You may be able to stay home and study for that test and make an A anyway or you know, do just as good. Cause, but it might be that day that, that changes your life, you know. So go to class and don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I've never thought of it that way, but I, that, I love that explanation. Awesome. I love that, and, and it's such a parallel to football. I mean, you go whatever, um, depending on your offense, 70 to 100 plays a game, and there might be five that, that are the most important huge plays, but you don't know which play that's going to be. So you got to, like you said, show up to each one just like it is, show up to each class, show up to each day, because you don't know which day is the day that can, can change everything. Exactly. exactly. I'm re- Harper, that's that book I, I've been reading, and it's called The, the Compound Effect. And it's basically the the whole gist of the entire book was the the small steps and the small things that you're doing. If you continue to do those right things, you know, eventually you've, you've done it, you know, a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, 15,000 times. Now it starts to compound. It's kind of like, you know, having money in the bank with compound interest. Well, the longer you leave it in the bank, you hit that 20, 25th year, that's when you start making your biggest gains. And so many people don't see the, you know, like you're saying, the, the instant gratification, that fake facade, all of a sudden they're found out or they stop or they quit. We don't get to see any of those benefits. And, and you know, it, it's hard because you, you really have to harp on that every single day. You got to show up on time. You got to go to class. You know, you got to make sure you're lifting weights. You got to make sure you're feeding your body. When you do those little things for an extended period of time or, you know, you, your freshman that you bring in, coach, as they get started with those good habits, that's what those are the guys that become the All-Americans when they're older. Oh yeah, and that's and that reminds me of of another you know another one of those days in class that you know I was at Southern Miss. I, I took uh, Psychology of Personality, which you know was you know it was the professor was great. He was kind of one of those characters, you know, one of those little bitty bearded men that you know <laughs> looked like he should be a, one of those old you know iconic. <laughs> psychologists and he actually admitted first day of class that he had he had gotten into psychology and gone to grad school because he was trying to you know dodge the draft so um <laughs> but but the whole class was about you know it, it was one of those blue book test you know classes if oh, yeah. y'all had that where it was you know you basically you go for five class periods and that six class period you're going to write everything you can remember about what we talked about the last five class periods it wasn't even there was a couple questions to guide you but you know, basically memorize the notes you took. Uh, but anyway, the whole class was about what is personality. Is personality actually something that even exists? You know, um, and and uh, you know, I can I can remember coming out of that. You know, with with all the theories that you end up hearing and stuff from all these different you know people that are way smarter than me, and think 
then, you know, basically, uh, you know, you are, you know, your personality is whatever you do on a daily basis. Like you can think whatever you are. And I tell my guys this, you can think whatever you can think you're a great football player. You can think that you're a great student. If you're not doing what a great student or a great football player does every day, then you need to reassess where you are in life because you're not. If, 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 you're, if you're doing the things that a bad student does, guess what? You're a bad student. You can think you're a great person, a great Christian or whatever. If you go out and murder three people this weekend, you're probably not a good person, you know? <laughs> uh, so, so just that, you know, you better wake up every morning knowing who you think you are and then you better live up to it every day, that day especially, because it's the only one you can control. And because if you put too many of those days in a row where you don't live up to that expectation and that identity that you have of yourself, you're going to look up and you're not going to be that person. You know, so, you know, whether it's a guy that's underweight, which I've got one right now that's going to be a great player, but just is not eating like you should. Well, you're not a big guy because you're not eating like a big guy, you know, or a guy that, needs to lose some weight. You know, I've got a couple of those right now. I'm trying to get some weight off of them. Well, you're doing, you're eating like a fat kid. So you're going to be a fat kid, you know, drop some weight, eat less. Um, and, and, but just everything in daily life is like that. You know, uh, if, if you don't, you know, if you don't live up to that identity, you have for yourself every day. Uh, you're not going to be that person. Even if you convince yourself that you, you know, in your mind that you are, you know, so, uh, that, that's something that, you know, is, is something that's preached, um, you know, here at least I, I can say, uh, and it's all because I attended class that day when I was supposed to, and I skipped a few of them that I might've learned something more in. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, man. That, mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff. I mean, that, that's great. And, and like you said, you know, you gotta get, gotta get the ego out of the way a little bit to see what you you know, like, uh, you know, here's what I think of myself and here's what I'm actually doing. You got to get that ego out of the way a little bit to see, okay, what am I actually doing? How does that compare with how I see myself? And that can be a really tough thing to do. I mean, gone through that a few times and like, okay, I'm way off the mark from what I'm thinking of myself. And it, it can be tough to really see that about yourself. Yeah, and, and it applies to everything. I mean, it's just one of those things that you can, you know, you have the opportunity to teach guys when you're, you know, I mean, I feel like, you know, the reason why I ended up becoming a coach after playing for Steve Campbell is that I realized, which I didn't have that opinion before, is that you're in the position where, I mean, you're, you're coaching a lot of guys that, that did not have fathers growing up, that didn't have, you know, that had a mom at home or, or, or maybe didn't have any parents at home, their, little, their grandmother, uh, or had those parents there and they weren't good examples, uh, you know, or did have good, you know, good, good parents that were great examples or whatever, but you had the opportunity to, you know, to really have an, more of an impact on their life than, than anybody else does in their life, uh, other than their parents. You know, uh, as a coach, you, you have to gain their trust. Uh, you're going to put them through things. You know, if you're, in my opinion, if you're doing it right, you're going to put them through tough situations. They're not going to get out in the working world. They're not going to get it even in the classroom, even though that's tough for a lot of them. Um, you know, and, and that's where growth happens is, is when you're put into an, you know, in a tough situation and you have to pull through that. and you know, and, and you learn from that experience. So, you know, that's kind of why I got into the profession uh, is because, you know, because you had that opportunity, you can have an impact. And, and so I feel like, you know, um, you, have, you have to change the way those guys think, um, you know, about life or you have, or I don't feel like I've, you know, even if they became a great player, I don't feel like I've done a good job 
and 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 I won't be able to sleep very good at night if I hadn't, you know, if five years down the road they're they're in prison or they're, you know, don't have any money and aren't successful because all I did was I, I made them a good football player and and you know the NFL is not going to last long for even the guys that make it so, um, you know, so that that's just something that uh, I feel like I was put in this profession to you know, with that responsibility and, and I try to live up to it, you know, even though sometimes I don't, you know. Well, what I mean, what an awesome way to, to do it is like you said, you, you got them there, you know, they're, they're in a meeting, they're listening, you know, or you hope that they're listening and, and you're able to, to call them on some of that stuff and, and give them some of that accountability because I think a lot of that is missing, you know, so many of them get away with, you know, you, you, it just may be a superficial conversation with the kid and they just give you the, the flat, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah, 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 I got all that stuff done. Well, no, no, let's, let's analyze your actions. Here's really what happened. You know, here's really, here's really how you're being perceived. It's not just something that you can lie your way through and fake your way through. This is, this is real life, and it's going to show up, and I'm going to hold you accountable for it. And those, those kids need that stuff. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it goes back to – you know, it's it's not really that that people are any different than they were a hundred years ago. All right, the, the environment they grew up in, and and and, and the way that they're parented, and the, and the expectations that that people have of them are different. I and, agree. Uh, uh, that they're not having to go out there every day and chop firewood, or they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna freeze to death that night. You know, they're not in those situations. Uh, if you put them in situations that, of course, aren't that extreme, but just you know, something where they have to see that, that there's a long-term goal in mind, you know, that, that it's not immediate, you know, uh, reinforcement, uh, you know, that, that, that it doesn't take long for guys to learn, you know, without you saying anything, even just, mm-hmm. just, you know, see that there are benefits to waiting and being patient and just, you know, keeping your eyes on getting done today, what we need to get done. And then, you know, at the end of it, uh, the, the prizes are always, you know, the, the reward is always so much better if it's something you had to wait on and, and work for, you know, for a long time when you didn't know whether or not that would even be there at the end, you know. Um, and so I feel like football is, you know, it's just one of those last last things left in this world where you, you know, there, there's really, it's really tough. You know, practice isn't like basketball. I mean, you go practice basketball, and I love basketball. I still play basketball sometimes when I can. Uh, not very well, but but I play it. Uh, That'd be and, you, Harper. Uh, and, but, That's right. <laughs> uh, kind of like golf, but uh, but you know, you go practice golf or basketball or baseball. Well, what are you doing? You're shooting in the gym, which is fun. All right, you're you know you're hitting the batting cage, which is fun. You know, you're out there on the driving range, which you know all those things people go do. You know, in their spare time when they don't have else to do. You know, because it's, it's enjoyable. You know, nobody goes out into 100 degree weather and puts on 20 pounds of pads and goes and runs into stuff you know you don't you don't see people doing that it's because it's tough you know so uh you know it's, it's one of those last sports those last things in life uh in society where you you have to do something tough uh but the reward at the end when you're when you're winning games and stuff is so great you know um that there's no feeling like that Coach, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with, with you any more of all the stuff you said. And, and, and looking at the time now, we're already over an hour. It seems like we've been on, on the, uh, the phone call for maybe 10 minutes to, to me. It's been 
Uh, it's been an awesome time. We haven't even got to talk any football, but uh, it's been great. So we're going to definitely have to have you back on uh, next year after yeah. this season and, and get to get to grill you on some football because, man, I just got so caught up in, in all the stuff that you're talking about, and it's been, it's been awesome. But, um, you know, trying to respect your time as well. So uh, kind of the last question that we do ask is, that I like to know is when you're watching another offensive line play, uh, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Well, and I'll see, I, I, I cheated on this question, okay, because <laughs> I, know, I know that you ask that every week. So I know the first time you asked it, and I was – this is back in, I think, May because we I was on the road recruiting, and I, and I thought, you know, well, you know, I have my ideas, but I didn't really have a good answer. But, you know, it's one of those things they're going to listen to the show. I think about it a little more and stuff. So I'll give you what I've come up with. Is it something that is kind of, you know, um, objective and something you can really look at is – is in my opinion, you know, and, and, and it's kind of changed the way I assess myself as a coach. Having knowing that answer is coming is, you know, so I don't know. I haven't timed it, but you know, they say the average play is like I don't know six seconds or something like that. So, uh, you know, of course, as an offensive lineman, you're involved two seconds before that, trying to communicate the calls, you know, uh, you know, see the defense, understand, you know, what's going on in front of you and stuff like that. So, I would say. You know, looking at it that way, if I was looking at it at, at a team, and, and it's kind of changed the way I've watched some tape this year, uh, is really, you know, five of those seconds in there, uh, you know, or actually four of those seconds in there, you can say pretty much athletic ability. All right, the, the four seconds that matter are the final second, all right, whether those guys are finishing. And there's some guys that do that, you know, individuals that do that, you know, on their own, they're just driven, they're that kind of player. Uh, but when you turn on the TV and you see a team that's that's really finishing every block, you know all five guys. Uh, you know that that is is huge to me. Um, you know, or, or they're looking for somebody to block when they're not engaged. Uh, that's big. And then of course, you know, uh, the two seconds before the play starts and the first first step, really first couple steps, and how they approach a block. You know, and and how they're coming off the ball really is something that you can look back to me and say okay, maybe you could say the coach did something to do with that. You know, because a lot of <laughs> yeah. the rest of it is, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. I think sometimes, especially as an offensive line coach, and, and Coach Campbell is, is kind of who I, who I learned this from, is, you know, if you get too technical, all you're doing is slowing down those guys who are already slower than most people they're on the field with. So, you know, try not to overcoach it. Try to let those guys play fast. Uh, you know, and and but but before the play, you know, as long as they understand what's going on in front of them, and they can make the adjustments, and 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 in that first second of the play, get to where they're supposed to be, and then finish the play. That that is you know that is something that at least you can say is maybe forty percent coaching, you know, um, and and maybe not even that. Maybe I'm giving myself and and all the other offensive line guys up there too much credit. I don't know. No, I think that's an awesome answer. I agree, and that's yeah. kind of why you know why I ask because you start wanting to judge yourself off of some of that, and you start thinking, well, what are even other offensive line coaches looking at? And and like you said, it made me start thinking, well, what can I really control? I mean, there's going to be times where you've got 
really good players, especially in high school, really good athletes. And there's going to be years where you don't. But what can you control and what can you see with a good offensive line coach? And, and uh, I, I love your answer. And I think uh, that's, you know, what I'm trying to do with my guys, you know, so, because like you said, that's you can control what they what they know before and, and the effort that they give. Uh, like you said, I like how you broke it down towards the last the last four seconds of the play and, and, the, and the two seconds prior to the play. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, because I think we've all been on that, you know, we've been watching film on you know, Saturday or Sunday or, or whatever it is, you know, reviewing the last game tape, and you'll see one of those offensive linemen, you know, do something that you just stop and you're like, wow, was, that was pretty impressive. You know, that I don't know how that guy ended up, you know, getting on that linebacker with him pulling that hard or whatever and, and, and even maintaining contact and not tripping and falling all over himself, but he did it. And you realize that you had nothing to do with that, you know. <laughs> but you're like, oh, it's got to be – this is great coaching, you know, yeah, repetition. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not something we ever talked about, but, you know, obviously. But, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you know, those guys are, you know, what I like to call plus-size athletes. You know, uh, they're, they're – the game is not like it was in the past, you know, maybe in the late 80s or something. It's not just about, you know, size and girth and, and being able to not smell the ball. It, it takes athletic ability. I mean, you look at the NFL and that's, you know, that's what you see. You see athletes, you know. Uh, right. They're incredible athletes. So it's, you know, uh, having those athletes helps and, and it makes you look like a better coach for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Just get those good athletes pointed in the right direction, baby. Exactly. Exactly. Keep them on their feet and keep them moving. Well, Coach, man, I, I know you've you've been a, a pretty vocal proponent of of run the power. Um, you've even get, you know got some some guests on here for us. So I, I mean, Coach Harper and I are you know really indebted and really really thankful for you. You know, kind of kind of taking that that next step and and really promoting it. I know there's a, a lot of college coaches you've told us about that said you know hey we. We kind of run into each other out on the eval period and, and on the on the road recruiting and and we're talking a little bit about run the power so it's it's really cool to, to hear those stories and and obviously you coming on here and bringing I think a, a really cool perspective to a lot of the things that you've obviously studied and thought out was was a really a great time it did feel sincerely like we were sitting in the coach's office for for a good hour plus I had a blast man good I, I enjoyed it and I'll tell you this too though before we get off this you know, I I like I like spreading the word about it. I really enjoy the podcast. I want to make sure it keeps going. But same time, all those guys I know that I've kind of pushed y'all's way, uh, I know that if if I'm on and then they're on, they can't give me grief about anything that I've said on here because <laughs> because they're gonna have to be on here. You know, so <laughs> a little, little 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 selfish on that end too. So, uh, but but y'all do do a great job. And man, I you know I hope this keeps going for a long time and y'all don't get bored with it because. Uh, it, it definitely gives me something to do when I'm working out and when I'm, you know, when I'm on the road and stuff, which is, which is a lot of time, uh, you know, certain times of year. So, uh, you know, looking forward to what y'all do with the show uh, moving forward because it's, it's been great for me so far. I don't know what I'd listen to if I, if I didn't have it. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating 
as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.